Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that helps you get smartenized. There are well over a quarter billion people in the United States, 295 million to be approximate, and two political parties. And if you just look at what they do as opposed to what they say, you'll find that there's not a huge difference between them either. But even if there were, two parties is simply not enough to accurately reflect the needs, wants, desires, goals, ideas, and philosophies of all 295 million of us. We need more political parties. A single third party isn't a very good solution either. If they control, say, 10 or 15% of the vote, then they get the deciding vote in every contentious issue. That's not very good representation. What we need is four or five or six real political parties with real power and clout, and then maybe a few goofy ones on the side just to keep us entertained. It's been said that power corrupts and absolute power is kind of neat, so it should come as no surprise that the parties who are in power have gone out of their way to make it virtually impossible for anyone to start a new party, and if they manage to overcome those obstacles, it's almost impossible to keep that party going or make it a viable political concern. Given this reality, what can we do to create new political parties? One way to do it would be to use one of the existing political parties. Build a coalition on the inside of that party, use that coalition to try and influence the party, but in the meantime, you're building up name recognition, you're building up a constituency, and when the time comes, five or six or ten years down the line, you can break off from that party entirely and form your own. Now you're not starting from scratch. The public knows who you are, the media knows who you are, and you got voters behind you. I'd like to suggest one to start with, the Rational Republicans. During our tenure with the Republican Party, our agenda will be, amongst other things, to wrestle the control of the party away from the religious right. This is probably doomed to failure because the Republicans have their nose so deep in the asses of the fundamentalist Christians that removing it would cause them to lose face. But it gives us something to work with, gives us a way to get some name recognition, and then when the time comes, we'll be able to break off and form our own party. The platform of the Rational Republicans will include as its most important plank the separation of church and state. Yes, I know, the phrase wall of separation of church and state doesn't appear in the Constitution, but it does appear in the writings of Thomas Jefferson, who established that principle, and it's worked really well for us, even though we've never implemented it perfectly. In fact, it may be impossible to implement it perfectly. But right now, that wall is being torn down brick by brick, and it's time to shore it up a little bit. Rational Republicans will simply avoid the religious arguments on any issue. Think about how easy this makes things. For instance, abortion is no longer an issue. Because abortion, let's face it, is purely a religious issue. 
Rational Republicans can say, sorry, it's been settled, we're done, let's move on. Opposition to stem cell research, which is also an extension of the abortion debate, goes away. It's not an issue anymore. How about gay marriage? Once we get rid of the religious arguments against it, then we can discuss the social ramifications, we can discuss the financial implications, and have a rational discussion about it while ignoring the people in the background screaming that it's going to destroy the American family. I've always wondered who the American family is. I'd like to meet them. I'd like to know why something as simple as two gay people getting married would destroy them. A while back, some gay friends of mine got married, and it didn't affect my family at all, or any other family that I knew about. So, what's with this American family that just can't survive if this happens? Rational Republicans will also take a good hard look at our drug policy and try to come up with something that works, as opposed to what we've been doing for the past 60 or 70 years. We have a higher percentage of our population in prison than any other country. Think about that. More than Saudi Arabia or North Korea or Egypt. And more than half of them are there for nonviolent drug offenses. Meanwhile, just about anything anybody wants is available in any city, county, town, village, or street corner. Obviously, the policy isn't working. I'm not going to spend this podcast talking about things I think that might work, but I will say that it's time to throw away what we're doing now. It's a tremendous waste of all kinds of resources. It's just stupid. And try something else. We're way overdue on that. Rational Republicans want to see new parties come to power. Not only ourselves, but other parties that will give us a hard time and give us a robust debate. This may be difficult because most of the shenanigans that keep political parties from forming or becoming powerful happen at the state level. But it might be worthwhile to interfere and at least make gerrymandering a federal offense. Now that's something that's worth putting people in prison for. Here's a little pet project that I'd like to see. We could use it as one of the minor planks for the rational Republicans. And that is giving sunset clauses to all new laws that are passed and also to apply them to existing laws. Laws should expire, probably in about 20 years. That way we can let bad laws die, we can reinstate good laws, and for laws that fall somewhere in between, Congress weasels will spend so much time arguing and debating on them that they won't have much time to create new laws, and that's a win-win situation for everybody. There's so many people that are doing this at some level or another with various advisory groups and coalitions that we need to do something that's going to get media attention. And so for the final plank in the platform of the Rational Republicans, I'm going to propose something that has absolutely no chance of ever going through. Its real purpose is to create a media buzz while calling attention to a serious problem. We're going to call it the Truth in Labeling Congressman Act. With the exception of Ron Paul, every Congress weasel that we have is a fully owned subsidiary of corporations and a few special interest groups. The information on who's bought them and what the price is is readily available on the internet. You can go to opensecrets.org and see right down to the last dollar who owns who. But we should have a more constant reminder in front of us. 
the Truth in Labeling Congressman Act will require all members of Congress to wear patches that identify who owns them any time that they make a public appearance anywhere. This includes standing on the floor of the House or the Senate, visiting the local pancake breakfast, and especially any time the cameras are on. They'll look like NASCAR drivers, and hey, we like NASCAR drivers. Here's a way it'll work. If a company or a special interest gives you up to $5,000, no patch is required. If they give you five dollars to $10,000, you have to wear a one-inch patch that has their logo on it. If they give you ten dollars to $25,000, you got to wear a two-inch patch. And if it's anything over twenty-five dollars you've got to wear a three-inch patch. So we'll see congresspeople out there wearing logos of various corporations. And for the special interest groups, they can aggregate those together and just wear one big patch. For instance, one of their biggest contributors is the RIAA and the MPAA, the record companies and the movie companies. And for them, and just for them, certainly not for us, Congress has extended the expiration date on copyrights 11 times in the past 40 years. So for the entertainment industry, just about all of our congressmen will be wearing a three-inch patch that has a picture of a weasel on it. For Big Pharma, another big contributor, I'm not sure what we should use for that. I'm thinking maybe a silhouette of a, of a, like a Monopoly-style businessman yanking money out of the pockets of an old person. I'm open for suggestions on that one, though. And trial lawyers? Huh. Everybody will have a big patch for trial lawyers, and that's just going to be a picture of a catfish. Now, we'll also put a little codicil in there. Fritz Hollings is known as the senator from Disney, and so for him, he's going to have a little special thing. He's going to have to wear a pair of mouse ears with Fritz embroidered across the top in gold lettering. This is just an idea that I'm throwing out. In fact, it may be an idea that should be thrown out. I'm not going to go out and form the Rational Republicans or any other coalition for that matter, but I'm encouraging you to do so or to at least think about it or maybe think about throwing your weight behind someone else doing it. Perhaps instead of leaning slightly to the right like the Rational Republicans do, you lean slightly to the left. So maybe you could form the Decent Democrats or some other coalition within the two existing parties that could then split off and form a different political party that would actually have some legs, actually be viable. And maybe, just maybe, we can finally get our voices heard by the folks in Washington. That's it for this episode of Quick Hits. If you've learned something, or can now see something from a slightly different point of view, congratulations, you've been smartenized. If you didn't enjoy Quick Hits, you most certainly will not enjoy The Hitman Chronicle, which can be found at www.davehit.com, that's spelled with two T's. Whether you love it or hate it, though, drop by and drop me a line. Tell me what you think. Quick Hits is a journal of one man's opinion, and therefore should not be taken too seriously. 